Welcome to the second episode of the Art House 5D podcast. The title of this talk is Buddhism Through the Back Door. There are many, many ways for us to approach the topic of meditation. And Dzogchen meditation is the path that I have taken in my life after over 10 years of studying many other forms of spiritual meditations. And Dzogchen meditation is anchored within the Dharma. Dharma is the way we can understand the truth of reality. There are many truths of reality, and there are those truths of reality that actually help us manifest lives after lives. What I mean by that is practicing Dharma will allow you to determine what type of life you will have after you die after the state of death which seems to be a very very important place for us to practice navigating because once we understand the true nature of who we really are navigating the higher dimensional realms after death will determine whether or not we are reborn into samsara which is the realm of suffering that we are all born into with no choice. The reason why we are all here listening to this podcast is because we were born into human bodies and forgot everything that we had ever learned from the countless of eons of lives that we have lived in all forms of sentient beings in all forms of elementals. So I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has listened to the first podcast. I have been receiving messages from around the world. um, A lot more recently this week, telling me how thankful they are for the podcast and how it really awakened them and heal them and help their lives in so many ways. So for all those people, thank you for listening and thank you for finding this podcast. The second podcast is the conversation that I'm having with you right now. And I usually do these podcasts when I feel the time is right and I have no plans as I go into them. But I did want to cover the topic of Buddhism through the back door because this topic is my favorite and I think a lot of people will understand Buddhism but they're not going to understand it from the back door which is an entirely different way of viewing the Dharma and the spiritual knowledge that comes out of meditation and consciousness and learning about the higher dimensional realms and rebirth 
reincarnation, higher beings, and the list goes on. So my history leading into Buddhism was sort of accidental, even though nothing is an accident, nothing is a coincidence. Through my experience with psychedelics, such as psilocybin mushrooms and DMT, I was able to eject my consciousness into what are called higher dimensional realms from 5D to 6D. In these higher dimensional realms, one's third eye is open and they are able to attain a sense of buddhic enlightenment for these brief minutes one is able to fully understand timelessness the 5d aspect of timelessness and instantaneous communication instantaneous travel your consciousness is smeared across time and space you become one with all things, including your past lives and future lives, and lives that you couldn't even comprehend by viewing them through a human's brain. The things that one sees during a psychedelic vision are ineffable sequences of information and imagery so ineffable that it may take somebody countless lifetimes to fully comprehend and interpret what exactly they saw. And in my case, during some of my most powerful DMT visions, I saw very, very bizarre realms that depicted Thinka paintings from the Vajrayana teachings of Buddhism. And I had never seen these images in my entire life. Growing up, I went to 12 years of private Christian school from kindergarten through senior year. Uh, my mother is Thai, so she's automatically a Buddhist. <laughs> but I had, never, I had never followed the teachings when I was younger. I didn't understand anything about Buddhism and fast forward through college I didn't even I didn't even have any need to consider studying Buddhism because I was uh, an art student and I was focused on contemporary art theory and history that was my obsession during uh, during my university years of art school so after graduation in 2007. Uh, I spent 10 years as a freelance graphic designer, whereas this time I was an artist slash researcher. And you may listen to my other interviews and podcasts and learn that this was a time of my awakening, of my research into the deepest, darkest rabbit holes known to mankind, from consciousness to secret space program, astral travel, 
everything under the sun and inside of the Great Awakening map. That was my journey. That was my path. That was my path to landing as a Dzogchen yogi. So you have to consider, after going through all of those rabbit holes, I had to pick the best thing for my life after going through all of that work and finding out the secrets of our universe and deciding where the information really was worth taking home. And that came to me through the psychedelic experiences when I started to see imagery similar to Thinka paintings of Vajrayana Buddhism. I saw deities and temples and languages such as Pali, Sanskrit, and Tibetan. And I had never seen or studied these languages in my entire life. So to see volumes and volumes and books and pages written in languages I had never seen before was some of the most amazing, life-changing experiences of my life. Not only that, I saw Buddhas and I even saw the Laughing Buddha. I saw deities and gods and all sorts of Buddhist imagery that didn't make sense to me at the time. But now that I study Vajrayana more and more, I've come to realize that these are all images from my past life. These are not images that just appear to somebody unless they are karmically tied to some of these cultures. So for me, I didn't see any imagery of, of Christianity or any sort of Western uh, spiritual masters. I only saw Eastern uh, religious figures, even Hindu and a lot of Taoism, Chinese temples, architecture, these sorts of things. And these images existing in hyperspace are so sacred because the level of depth and clarity of these images is beyond anything you could ever imagine from your five senses. When you are in hyperspace, you're seeing these images through your third eye. It's a telepathic vision that you are downloading from, you can call it the Akashic Records if you want. So these hyperdimensional images are experienced in a, in a clarity that is beyond words. So gorgeous, so beautiful. It's a terrifying beauty. So beautiful that it will terrify you for the rest of your life. Something so beautiful has the ability to terrify you because it is so sacred. And these images of Vajrayana Buddhism were so bizarre and I didn't understand what to do with these images for years. Some of the images I saw that didn't make sense were sort of like paper mache cutouts of entire landscapes of these abstract temples and they would be sort of fluttering in the wind as if you can imagine a, a paper mache uh, temple with with movement of like wind blowing through everything with with fire that looks very 
stage like if you've ever ridden the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland uh, in the very beginning of the of the ride you'll see you'll see buildings or ships on fire and for them to render this fire they shine a light on foil that's waving by a fan blowing onto it so this illusion of fire is like this metallic waving piece of foil or paper that's backlit now if you can imagine that times a trillion that is sort of how i viewed these hyperdimensional realms and i've come to learn that these realms are referred to as pure lands or higher dimensional realms such as maybe 5d 6d um, in buddhism they refer to these lands as akanishta sukhavarti dewachen uh, guru rinpoche's copper color mountain um, the land of buddha amitabha there's very beautiful names for these places that are seen in the afterlife the the bardo stages after death um, some Buddhists practice attaining um, entry into some of these pure lands by the type of meditation they practice throughout their life. Some of these lands are places where um, practitioners aim for. So if you're a pure land Buddhist, mainly from China, uh, China, Japan, Tokyo, uh, Korea these areas of the world practice pure land Buddhism and Buddha Amitabha seems to be the the figure who they pray to so that when they enter the bardo stages after death their consciousness can freely choose to go to the pure land of Amitabha Akanishta so I was very puzzled as to why I was seeing these lands. If I were, I think I was seeing sort of the lowest level of these realms. As Terence McKenna, the greatest psychedelic explorer, once said, he was able to have a Tibetan Lama experience DMT, and the Lama told him that it was like entering the bottom layers of the bardo. This is furthest you can go in a human body into the bardo. So that really clicked to me. And I took that with me and I really believed that I was able to see into these bottom layers of the bardo where you do see imagery very similar to what you see in Pure Land Buddhism and Vajrayana. So there's something there in hyperspace that's true and real and the Tibetan Buddhists know about it and they've been practicing consciousness for these hundreds of years they've understood how to navigate these hyperdimensional realms of the Bardo and they're able to do it in such a way that they attain the rainbow body ascension the rainbow body is one of the most sacred if not the most sacred way to leave this planet. When one fully attains full realization, 
or enlightenment, the stage of death, they are able to dissolve their physical body into pure transcendental rainbow light. During the death of an advanced practitioner, their bodies will shrink down to a figurine the size of three inches over the course of a week. During this time, rainbow lights can be seen emitted and swirling out of the body and out of the room and into the sky. Other reports of the rainbow body include hearing pleasant music, sound, and smells throughout the room and the village. Earthquakes and thunder and other supernatural events may occur, which are very common. And even having a clear blue sky with no clouds can remain for quite some time. So all of these accounts of the rainbow body can be read about in so many books um, about Dzogchen meditation, uh, Dzogchen practice of Vajrayana is the path to attaining the rainbow body. It is one of the paths of full enlightenment in one lifetime. And what drew me to Dzogchen in the first place was the lectures of David Wilcock that I had seen over seven years ago. David Wilcock is one of the greatest metaphysical researchers in human history, and he is the number one researcher that I respect the most in my life. He changed my life in so many ways. He was the greatest figure in my awakening, uh, beginning around 2008. So with all the thousands of topics that David Wilcock covers, from consciousness to UFOs to the secret space program, David was able to discover the rainbow body on his own from studying consciousness and higher dimensional realms, third eye, things like this. So when I first watched his video, he was describing the rainbow body and how monks were able to mush their hand through solid rock. Some were even able to walk through solid walls and make objects appear out of the cave walls, such as Guru Rinpoche was able to make statues appear out of the rock wall of the cave that he was meditating in. And other reports include um, accomplished masters, such as Guru Rinpoche and his entourage, being able to fly through the air. So all of these stories really drew me to the true potential of the human body. And the truth of these stories, of these stories, if they were known to the general public, this kind of stuff has the potential to bring the world to its knees, to bring the world together into a one mind of astonishment. If this information was on the news every day, we would have an entirely different civilization overnight. 
So the only thing keeping us from learning these secrets is the deep state who controls the media and everything that you hear and listen to. If you are if you are born into this world, you are being bombarded by deep state propaganda from the moment you are born. And it's very sad that a lot of Buddhists don't even realize this. And this is the one of the things I had the most difficulty grappling with is seeing lamas and, and monks and other practitioners, not just Buddhism, but other Eastern religions and, and schools of spiritualism. They are very polarized by current event politics and they believe certain world leaders to be evil or idiotic just because of what the mainstream media has told them to believe. And to see masters and, and Buddhist lamas and monks who I highly admire, to see them sort of judge our president because of the way the news has portrayed him, it made me realize how many people truly haven't awoken to the truths of our world, the truths that the deep state Illuminati cabal control the media and they control what they want you to believe about COVID, about the president, about current events, about China, even about Tibet. Anything that they want to control you with, they will show it on television and through all of their many online social media news outlets. So one of the things that I'm able to do with my Great Awakening map is to show the big picture of reality. It doesn't matter if you are a Buddhist or a Christian or atheist. The information in the Great Awakening map covers so many different areas of academia. And it's very important that we all understand the truth of what is going on in our world right now. The truth of deception on television and the media is affecting the behavior of the practice of religions around the world. And because this talk is about Buddhism through the back door, I really, really wanted to make sure that other Buddhists around the world are not believing the lies on CNN and all of the other mainstream media outlets in the world. If you really, really want to understand what's going on, I don't expect every Buddhist in the world to understand QAnon or who the Illuminati is or what they have done, but I think that they should. They should learn about it as much as they can because just as China decimated Tibetan Buddhism, I think that Buddhists have a, a sort of role in being a bodhisattva, in learning the dark truths of our reality in order to help other beings better, to better show them how to navigate the times that we're in not from believing what they hear on the mainstream media, which is very troubling and saddening to me to see so many Buddhists suffer because of the lies 
being propagated by the television. And it's time for somebody like myself who has this type of information to make these type of podcasts that will hopefully spread to enough people where they will understand that the Dharma is spreading across the world in ways that the Buddhas of the past may have predicted. The Dharma in the West is going to be in a form where it's not going to be apparent that it is a Dharma. If you look at my Great Awakening map, you're not going to see the word Dharma written anywhere on the map, but you will see the word rainbow body. And this is the rabbit hole that I give to my viewers to show them the path of transforming their body into pure rainbow light upon death, successfully eliminating the chance of them having to be reborn with their memory wiped, being born back into the earth realm of suffering and ignorance and all of the stuff that you don't want to think about. So let me try to recap everything I just said. The political happenings in our world right now are being heavily distorted by our media, which then is spread across the planet through television and social media, which is then read by many bodhisattvas who may not understand the negative aspects of media. And I mean all media, music included. We have to be careful with the information that we take in. And we have to keep the Dharma strong and alive by focusing on the Dharma and not focusing on the political agenda and lies that we hear from our mainstream news outlets. A lot of bodhisattvas do not understand the role of President Trump during this time of our history. They do not know that he's a white hat that has been chosen by benevolent ET groups to lead our world out of darkness, out of the control of the demonic institutions and groups that have infiltrated secret societies of the Illuminati and the Cabal and the Deep State for generations upon generations. Even the Deep State had their role in China invading Tibet and destroying so many precious temples and artifacts of the Vajrayana. The Deep State has had their role in so much destruction throughout our history. And followers of the Dharma should know this. Followers of the Dharma should know the political happenings of the time, just as Buddha Shakyamuni was known to be an expert of all things of the time, even political. So the Great Awakening map is one way to learn the darkness of our world and find your own path out of it toward 
enlightenment in one lifetime. Buddhism through the back door means finding the path to enlightenment by ways that you did not intend to. For myself, it was through psychedelics and seeing the pure lands and seeing very beautiful sacred imagery of Vajrayana Buddhism, which means that I had past life ties to this type of knowledge, which means I had a sort of karmic uh, inclination toward finding Dzogchen, which is very karmically based on the types of meditation you've done in your past life. To understand Dzogchen, you're going to have had to have experience with consciousness and spirituality and, and finding dharmas in many lifetimes with a human body that can understand, hear, see, speak, feel the dharma. So it's not just me, but there's thousands, hopefully millions of others who will find the path of Dzogchen at this time. Dzogchen coming to the West was prophesied in Tibetan Buddhism, prophesied by Guru Rinpoche, Padmasambhava, the second Buddha, the rainbow body master. Padmasambhava is one of the greatest gurus for Tibetan Buddhism. And he was the rainbow body master who could fly through the sky and obtain all sorts of spiritual, supernatural powers. And uh, studying this type of stuff, such as rainbow body, is something that you don't see too much in Thailand, where I am currently living in meditation retreat. Theravada Buddhism here is, is prominent throughout the entire kingdom of Thailand. And as a Dzogchen yogi, I travel as to as many temples as I can. And I'm met by a lot of monks who understand vipassana meditation and shamatha. But they have never heard of Dzogchen. Many of them don't really understand Vajrayana, let alone Mahayana Buddhism. So for me, being a Dzogchen yogi, born in America, coming back to Thailand, to my roots, to my ethnicity, I really expected a lot of monks to be interested in the type of meditation that I was doing. But as I've traveled around the country and have talked to monks, uh, they don't really understand Vajrayana. They don't really understand Dzogchen meditation. And I cautiously try to approach them with my knowledge of Dzogchen because when you study Dzogchen, you start to realize that when you talk about Dzogchen to others, if, if they were to hear the teachings of Dzogchen and if they were not to believe them or if they were to judge them negatively, it would bring upon them very bad karma since Dzogchen is one of the highest teachings of the Buddha, if not the highest teaching. The highest teaching of the Nyingma school, Ati Yogi, Ati, Ati Yoga, is the ninth yana of the Nyingma teachings. 
and within Atta Yoga is Dzogchen. So Dzogchen is able to bring one to the non-dual state, the non-dual state of mind. And in the non-dual state of mind, this is the definition of enlightenment. So to talk to a Theravada Buddhist about enlightenment from the non-dual state of mind is something that they haven't studied because they are involved in the causes and conditions of reality through the Eightfold Noble Path and all of the sutra teachings of Buddha Shakyamuni. Later on, Buddha Shakyamuni sort of encoded the teachings of Dzogchen into later reincarnations of himself, which later came down in, term of, in terms of terma, mind treasures, through other uh, master lamas and yogis. So Dzogchen is a very celestial teaching, which came from the primordial mind itself. When you hear of the teachings of Buddha Samantabhadra, such as from the writings of Longchenpa, there is a book called the, the Treasury of the Basic Space of Phenomena, um, a treasure trove of scriptural transmission, is the book where Buddha Samantabhadra is actually speaking the primordial mind of awareness is actually speaking through Longchenpa's writings. And to see this written down before you is a very, very special sacred thing to behold. The mind of awareness itself, primordial mind, before creation, is able to speak teachings, which are the teachings of Dzogchen, you have to really understand how profound that is. So I understand why Theravada Buddhism does not understand the level of Dzogchen because it's not the level of teachings of the Sutra. These are beyond the Sutra. So you have to realize there's so many aspects of the Dharma that can lead one to enlightenment. But certain paths may lead one toward enlightenment quicker. And as Dzogchen promises, in this very lifetime, in this very moment, without having to do anything, as long as you don't forget that you're not doing anything. The non-dual mind is with us at all times. Only when we forget is when we return back into samsara. Only when we forget is when we begin to suffer and create the wheel of karma over and over and again for countless and countless eons of forgetfulness and ignorance. This is where we are now and this is what we need to get out of. Because when you turn on the television, you're going to see crazy shenanigans in every continent violence and ridiculous behavior based on beings who have forgotten the true nature of reality, the Buddha mind within them already from birth. 
We were all born as Buddhas. We do not need to act the fools that we see on television. But you cannot blame these people. They have just forgotten. The mirror has been fogging up in the shower. The mirror has been unpolished throughout their lives. They haven't squeezed out the sponge of all the things that they've learned and have stuck to them since birth. Psychedelics allowed me to squeeze out my sponge of the mind and feel that I had been reborn. It had cleared away all the clutter that I had picked up since I was a young child. And the psychedelics showed me the true Buddha mind once again. And it showed me something that I could live my life to further uncover, to further polish, to find. Psychedelics allowed me to enter Buddhism through the back door, as it did for hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of other people in the 60s during the great psychedelic movement of our era. So Buddhism through the back door is a very powerful way to enter the Dharma, a very powerful way to push your life onto the proper path toward attaining full liberation of the mind in one lifetime. And for those who practice the sutras of Theravada Buddhism, they are sort of honing their minds to avoid negative karma by focusing on good deeds. And the Theravada Buddhist in, in Thailand mainly, as I speak from where I'm living, they have very, very many rituals and, and traditional ceremonies and ways of doing things. It's very ingrained into the Thai culture. And the Vipassana meditation technique is one that can lead somebody to enlightenment, but not always in one lifetime. It's sort of climbing up the mountain from the very bottom, spiraling round and round and round as you go up. Sometimes you may not reach the peak in one lifetime. Sometimes it may take you 400 lifetimes, which I've heard. But Dzogchen is the path where you are both entering the mountain from the bottom up and also dropping from the top down through the precious blessings of your guru. The Dzogchen practitioner must find a qualified guru who is able to properly allow them to realize the Buddha nature of mind. The Rigpa state of mind can be pointed out by one's guru or lama. And once you obtain a proper pointing out instruction and you're able to understand Rigpa, the non-dual state of mind, the Buddha mind, you are able to practice on your own. As for myself, I have decided to become a yogi. And as a yogi, I've settled myself into a meditation retreat, a meditation retreat house where I can study Dzogchen every day without any sort of distractions as I would have had living in America. 
So making myself live in this yogic path has been the greatest decision of my life because I truly was fascinated with the rainbow body discoveries which led me on a path of deepening my consciousness and understanding of Dharma so that I would find Dzogchen, that I would find the proper Lama who would teach me the pointing out instructions of the Rigpa mind. And further on my own, I read numerous Dzogchen books uh, over the past two years. So coming to live in Thailand, I've been living here for two years now. And within that time, I've considered myself a full yogi. And within these two years, even though it's not suggested to do this, I read as many Dzogchen books as I can. Um, it wasn't as dangerous for me as it would be for others because I had a very deepened understanding of consciousness already for the past 10 years from my psychedelic experiences and from studying consciousness and metaphysics since 2008. So for myself to delve into Dzogchen and read books on Dzogchen, going through the difficult language it takes to describe the non-dual state of mind, the ineffable state of mind, um, I was okay because I had the help of my, my two precious lamas who live in California. Lama Daniela and Lama Christopher, my loving, gracious gurus who have pointed out the Rigpa state of mind to me. And their teacher was Lama Surya Das. So Lama Surya Das is the most well-known Dzogchen teacher, Dzogchen master of America. He is known as the American Lama and it's so amazing that he is a Dzogchen Lama because he has already studied Zen and Vipassana from the masters. He studied Vipassana from Goenka. And he studied Zen from the masters. So he had already gone through these meditation practices and settled on the Dzogchen later on in his life. Just... I. As I had come to Thailand, I've had the chance of sitting in Goenka's 10-day Vipassana meditation retreat. And even though I was not supposed to practice Dzogchen during this time, I, I strictly adhered to Goenka's advice, which was to not mix practices. Only focus on Vipassana if you're here. Don't mix in any other spiritual meditation um, trainings you may have had. So I did that, maybe, you know, 90% of the time. Uh, there were a few moments where I did drop into Rigpa state of mind. You can't really help it once you're a Dzogchen yogi. It's just always there with you. But there are ways to navigate the Vipassana 10-day course um, as, as, a, as a pure Vipassana practitioner. There are ways to do it. And there are times where it's okay to drop into Rigpa because you are already there. There's no need to try to mask it with sort of uh, effort, which is what Vipassana is all about.
the effort of concentration is Vipassana's method of coming to the realization of shunyata or emptiness. Um, but Dzogchen's route is more direct as you just rest in emptiness, which is always there with you in the present moment of awareness. The perfect moment of presence it is the perfect moment of Rigpa, which is the great completion, which is in the name of Dzogchen itself. The natural great completion is the completion that all things are already pure. And when we remember this, we remember that we do not have to worry or suffer or hang in the past or anticipate the future. Dzogchen is about the nowness, the present moment. The present moment of being here and knowing you are here, not forgetting that you're here. Forgetting that you're here causes your mind to run into all sorts of knots, into the past and into the future, and even lingering into the present moment, such as, I'm sitting here in meditation, is it really working? What if I have to do something in a few minutes? What if this happens? Even the present moment can contain a whole quagmire of thoughts. So to even let go of the present moment, the language of the present moment, labeling the moment as present, that is one thing that you have to let go of in Dzogchen, is the labeling of even the moment as being present. Because that's just another conceptual working of the mind. Whenever you're using language to think about something, the non-dual state of mind is not involved in language or conceptual thinking about anything. It's just resting in a state of awareness that's already there with you at all times. The moment a baby is born, they're in pure awareness. They haven't even learned language. They haven't even learned the ability to judge or to label. They just know pure awareness and pure wowness. That state of mind of an enlightened baby only lasts for a few minutes until the doctor spanks the baby's butt and the baby begins to cry and the baby begins to judge pain and pleasure and mother and non-mother good food versus not good food. The baby starts to discern judgment very quickly and loses its, its Buddha mind nature as labeling and judging begins to soak into the sponge of its consciousness. You have to remember that the, from the moment that you're born, the sponge of your mind begins soaking up everything that you see, the good and the bad, all of it. That's why I was saying psychedelics is the first time in your life you are going to wring out that sponge of the mind and finally feel who you truly were. Some people have very emotional psychedelic experiences and it's very natural to cry and release years and years of built up grief and negative feelings toward yourself and toward others. Ayahuasca is very well known for doing this. DMT not so much, shrooms yes. So for all the psychedelic explorers who listen to this podcast, this podcast is a very advanced conversation. I don't expect everybody to realize what I'm talking about. But the people who are able to take away information from this podcast are going to be the ones who've had a similar path to myself. 
and it's not that unique. I get messages from around the world every week about people who have taken similar paths such as myself and discovered the Dharma through the back door of Buddhism, through psychedelics, through other forms of meditations. Um, so I speak for all those who are karmically awakened that this information will hold a special place in their hearts. A special place where we can further work toward peace, world peace, inner peace, through the experiences that we've gained from our spiritual awakening. The path of awakening is going to put you in a very special place of your life where you are confident that you can help others. You are confident that you will be able to be there to teach others when the time arrives. And obviously for my life, which I didn't expect at all leaving Los Angeles, I didn't expect my Instagram to be doing the job that it has been doing with over 100,000 followers 120,000 followers this week my Instagram has been awakening the entire world to ascension knowledge and within this ascension knowledge is found the Dharma and within the Dharma is found the path to enlightenment in one lifetime which is the teachings of Dzogchen Dzogchen meditation Dzogchen non-meditation awareness practice Rigpa Tulgal, Trekcho, navigating through the Bardo, the P Tibetan book of living and dying. Navigating through the Bardo, Thodal is one of the most important things we will ever be able to study in this lifetime. So please take the moment now to devote your life to understanding the realms of, of death because you're going to want to know how to keep your consciousness in a pure state of equanimity through all the fearful and pleasant images you may see through the bardo. Anybody who has had a DMT experience will understand what the bardo will be. DMT is the closest thing you'll ever have to seeing the bardo. And not everybody is going to be able to have that experience, to have a full breakthrough DMT experience. There's many, many ways to fail with DMT. I think most people do fail because the way they explain and talk about DMT is not the way somebody would talk about it if they had had a breakthrough experience. There's a big difference between taking DMT and not fully breaking through. A breakthrough experience is ineffable, unspeakable life-changing and those that are able to easily talk about DMT aren't the people who have made that breakthrough experience I don't think they've even scraped the bottoms of the bardo so for myself I have a very I have a very important role if I'm telling others that I was able to see the pure lands from my DMT experiences. 
in the end, what really matters is what I do with that information. Telling others about it is just one way to inspire others to find the path that I took to discover Dzogchen, the teachings of the rainbow body. Once you have this information, you put it into action. And for myself, putting it into action meant becoming a Dzogchen yogi and allowing my mind to settle into a more pure state of awareness every day, every moment, more and more pure. The mud settles more and more each day for myself. I let go more and more of what I think meditation should be. The most difficult thing about Dzogchen is that you don't gain anything, but you lose everything. And the more that you lose, the more you are free and the more that you are light, and the more you are able to fully realize the illusion-like quality of reality, the illusion that the entire world is made of words. And if you can manipulate these words, you can make reality anything you want it to be. And the best way to manipulate these words is to not even see them as words. Because letters and language create judgment, and judgment creates suffering, and suffering creates karma, and karma creates rebirth, and rebirth creates ignorance and suffering in endless eons and cycles of forgetfulness and bumbling through life, not really getting the point. And if you really want to do this, then by all means, that is your choice. But in the age of information, ignorance is a choice. This podcast, I pray that all beings find a path to enlightenment in one lifetime, whether it be Dzogchen or Vipassana or Zen or the Tao or the Vedas. Pick a very good non-dual path and stick to it and change if you need to. If Dzogchen is not your thing, try Mahamudra. Very similar path, same destination. This podcast is really fun for me because I can really go deep into the topic that I love the most. And I don't have to worry about keeping the language uh, simple for a mass audience. I know that a lot of my viewers will understand some of the terminology that I'm using. At least understand rainbow body, because that is very important. That is life-changing. Just to even hear that word, it's able to make you enlightened. The knowledge that you are able to be enlightened to the point where you turn into pure light, that is the goal of all metaphysical teachings of all the spiritual ascension memes that I share on my Instagram, the whole point of all of that is so you can become a light body, so you can shed the 3D body and return back to the higher celestial dimensional realms. That is your birthright. You are already from these realms, so why forget trying to return back to these realms? This life is just a big distraction, and a lot of... Light workers and star seeds and indigos and old souls and bodhisattvas, we forget. 
we forget because we get so distracted with the shiny BMWs and mansions and condos along the beach. All of these materialistic lures and hooks. The shiny advertisements with their glitzy typography and photos. All of these things make us judge ourselves, make us want more, make us want something that we don't have, which makes us suffer because we judge ourselves for not having it and for comparing ourselves to others who do have it. Typography is very powerful. It can make you stay in samsara because it's just so pleasant to look at. I've been a graphic designer for over 12, 14 years. Once you're a graphic designer, you've always been one since birth, so I don't know how long I've been a designer, but for a long time, I was professionally designing, and I know how top typography can change your life and lure you into the materialistic world of false beliefs and false ideals. And I'm really, really good at it, too. So you can imagine all the other advertisements in this world that use typography to lure you into a lifestyle that is not for you. And people work nine to five jobs throughout their entire lives suffering to reach these false and empty materialistic dreams that are just as impermanent as any cloud passing through the sky above them. As an art student, I was able to deconstruct reality. I was able to deconstruct politics and advertising and culture. And I was able to see the fakeness of everything involved, especially the government and commercialism. Through this route of awakening, I was able to find out all of the lies of the media and how everything that we've ever learned in our educational indoctrination system, how it was all based on lies of a certain few elites who wanted history to be a certain way so that we would be hidden from our true nature, such as our nature of the rainbow body. The rainbow body is the ultimate goal. It is just a byproduct of attaining enlightenment. It is not a goal in itself, but it is just something that happens when you attain enlightenment through meditation, and through practicing the Dharma and keeping your morality and ethics in the highest, highest, highest grade throughout your lifetime. So when I say Dharma, I mean all of the teachings of Buddhism, Sutra, Tantra, Dzogchen. Somebody who practices non-dual state of mind must be a very, very good practitioner of the Dharma in all aspects. 
but they must remember that all of those teachings, those 84,000 teachings, point to the one non-dual state of mind, the Rigpa state of mind, the Buddha mind, the Buddha nature. All of the teachings point to this, so please, rest in this state of mind. This is the true path to enlightenment now, not in the next life, not in a few years, not in a few days, but now. Enlightenment is available now in this very moment. And the longer you stay in Rigpa, for the few seconds that you can stay in it every day, those few seconds are seconds of enlightenment. So please find a very, very qualified lama or yogi to teach you these Dzogchen practices of awareness. My suggestion is to listen to all of Lama Surya Das's podcasts. That is your entry into Dzogchen. From there, you can decide whether you want to read some books or further deepen your practice by visiting um, lamas or teachers within America or within Western countries. If you are really hardcore, you might travel to the East, India, Tibet, Bhutan, Nepal. It's up to you. There's so many ways to enter Dzogchen, but for the Western mind, I recommend Lama Surya Das. My two Lamas are named Lama Daniela and Lama Christopher. You can find them on the West Coast, California. They are my two precious gurus who have awakened me into the world of Dzogchen, the natural great perfection. So I let your karma decide where it will take you on the path of Dharma. The rainbow body is a very fascinating subject. And everybody should try to watch David Wilcox's video about the rainbow body. If you search David Wilcox, Tibetan rainbow body, you will find a YouTube video with blue slides that he uses. And um, that is the video that brought me into full awareness of Dzogchen for the very first time. That moment of my life when I first watched that video, I remember the feeling that this is what I had to attain in this lifetime. There was no other reason for being alive. Everything else was a waste of my time. If I wasn't focused on attaining rainbow body, I was wasting every second of my life. So that's the reason why I decided to move away from America and live in Asia and travel as much as I could being a wandering yogi and allowing myself to experience the Rigpa state of mind no matter where I lived, no matter where I traveled. I should be able to maintain the non-dual state of mind, whether in meditation retreat or whether walking around and exploring Bangkok every day with all the noise and cacophony 
of that great, great city, which I love to travel and visit and revisit and explore on foot every day for hours and hours on end with no destination, just walk, just walk, just get on the train, just take that tuk-tuk, take the klong boat, no destination. I always get funny looks when I get on the boat or the bus and they ask me where I'm going. And I have no destination. So it always takes me a moment for for me to explain to them that I just wanted to ride as long as I could ride and I would pay them later. Or what I would do is just pick a really far destination, pay them for that amount, and then just sit and let the whole world go by. Uh, When I traveled to Hong Kong uh, earlier last year, I would take the Hong Kong bus as far as it would go until the credits ran out or until the the bus stopped at its uh, at its last station and then I realized that was the greatest moment for me as as a young yogi my first year is just having no destination but being totally happy and in the moment wherever I ended up and being in Hong Kong alone for the first time in my life was so exciting because I was obsessed with big, big skyscrapers and, and big buildings and, and the condos that are over 80 stories tall, cluttering the entire skyline. It's just an amazing place to be. And to take the bus and sit in the very front top floor window, you have this panoramic view of everything in front of you and with no destination you are just sort of surrendered to to the universal karma of whatever you will encounter anything that you see any place that you reach is perfect it's one of the most exciting practices that I've been doing when I travel after Hong Kong, I went to Tokyo. I did the same thing. I took the trains and got lost on the trains and kept doing it and doing it over and over and over. For me, getting lost wasn't something that was a negative thing. It was something that was very interesting. Ending up in a place that I didn't expect is just as perfect as getting somewhere I intended to. The non-dual state of mind has no judgments. The non-dual state of mind is always, is always arrived. The inner peace was always there. It wasn't something that I had to search for by arriving at the proper destination. When I was trying to find the highest lookout in Tokyo, I took a train to a station a little bit too too soon and I got off many blocks further away from uh, the area that I wanted to, to to travel 
and I'm trying to think of the name of the building right now, but it was like the Shio Dome or something like that. It was like a, a place that I could go to like the top floor and see the greatest view of Tokyo. And I had realized that walking around Tokyo lost trying to find this place was just as rewarding as having been to the top of the Shio Dome already. I don't know how to explain it, but the cliche quote of it's not about the destination, it's about the travel. It's about the process of getting there. It was so real as a Dzogchen yogi. Because other people wouldn't understand, you know, when they ask me, where are you going? What are you doing? I tell them, I'm already doing it. I'm already there. You tell this to enough people, they're going to think that you're crazy. Which is why the yogis get the reputation as they do. And I'm totally fine with that. As far as my family can understand. <laughs> so yogis around the world, I call to you. Present and now is the destination. Inner peace is already here. No judgments, no labeling. Everything is pure from the very beginning. Even before the concept of beginning, there was purity. And out of purity came everything. The nirvana, the samsara, the non-dual, all of it, none of it. Buddhism through the back door, for me, means following the path that has been laid out before you. If you have made it this far in this type of podcast, and you have somewhat of an experience exploring the Great Awakening map. This is your moment to decide in your life whether or not you are ready to take that step toward enlightenment in one lifetime. Whether you aim for the rainbow body, whether you aim for telepathy or levitation, or telekinesis, whether you aim for being a Tumo master and living high in the Himalayas with no food in the frigid winter for months, perfectly surviving. There's so many ways for you to live a supernatural life from studying a non-dual practice of Dzogchen, of Mahamudra, of Ati Yoga. I encourage everybody who listens to this to study the Dharma. The greatest gift I can give is the gift of Dharma. And whether or not you are able to take it to full realization, as long as I have offered this gift, that's my greatest duty as a bodhisattva and 
my effort to bring about world peace through inner peace. So for everybody who has followed me on Instagram, who everybody who has followed my Dzogchen Yogi Instagram page, thank you so much for all the greatest comments and messages that you send me every day. I truly understand the path that you guys have written to me about. I've walked a very similar path to many of you. I've suffered in the same ways that you have all suffered. I've found ways out of suffering that you may be learning right now. They may not even have anything to do with Dharma. They may be new age or sort of uh, channeled information such as Bashar. He was the one who led me out of my dark night of the soul. Bashar's channelings. I wouldn't call that the Dharma, but I would definitely mirror it to the Dharma. It just didn't have the label of being Dharma. But it's very similar. And it took me to the path of the Dharma, which is leading me to the path of Dzogchen, which leads to the path of full liberation. Full liberation for all beings is the greatest wish I could have for all of you. So thank you so much for following me on this really deep, deep conversation about psychedelics and consciousness and Buddhism, Dharma, Dzogchen, Rainbow Body, Enlightenment, Bardo, After Death Stages, Pure Lands, Akanishta, Sukhavarti, Dewachen, Shambhala. This is very deep stuff, and I want to go deeper. I just haven't met the right teachers to talk about it in a, a quick manner. So if anybody is an expert on the Pure Lands or some questions I've had as a Dzogchen Yogi are what are some of the Pure Lands that Dzogchen Yogis aim for if they do? Should a Dzogchen Yogi aim for a Pure Land or should they, should they not? I asked Lama Surya Das this question in one of his uh, one of his forum talks earlier this month and even though there was no time to answer my question fully he was able to type in a one word response to my question which was uh, how does a Dzogchen yogi choose which pure land to enter into and his response was no choose that was as much time as he had during the during the forum was just to send a one word answer for the most profound question I could ever ask about where I go after death. So no choose means no grasping. To not choose means to just let be. I think choosing a pure land is a is a way of of grasping at something which could lead to uh, a lower rebirth through that effort of grasping and fear of not getting there, not getting my choice. So that's how I took 
his answer. It's a very profound answer, and I will have to work with it over the course of my life. Because every bodhisattva has a keen awareness of impermanence. And every day they practice as if it was their last day. So no, no choose to me could have been the last thing I ever heard in my life. So it should have been my last day on, on this planet. So you have to practice in this way and you have to take the teachings and advice you get very seriously because those who are aware of afterlife they are aware that their consciousness plays the biggest role now in their life for preparing for the art of dying or the art of living however you want to look at it is your choice so I asked the question of pure lands and, and such as Padmasambhava's copper-colored mountain. I recently have been obsessed with learning more about this and, and why certain people enter this realm or how somebody can choose to enter this realm. These are sort of advanced questions that I haven't been able to have answered um, from my study of Vajrayana so far. So if anybody would like to contact me about that, it would be very, very beneficial for my practice and for others to know these type of questions. The question of what type of realm they should enter after death, whether it be based on their karma, on their practice, on their level of realization. I think these are really good questions for the advanced practitioner and for anybody who's entering the Dharma because they will have sort of an understanding of where they can end up if they are successful practitioners. And the more that you show these truths to people, whether or not they're ready or not, it's inspiring. It's massively inspiring to hear about these pure lands. What could be more amazing than that? For psychedelic explorers, they already know the truths of such lands. So it's just a matter of learning the right information at the right time, at the right place, from the right people that allows one to successfully practice, practice understanding the nature of mind, practice understanding what to do when you are going through the stages of death and dying. All of these things help you escape the matrix. From the very beginning of my Great Awakening map, at the bottom left is the words, escape the matrix. And at the very end of the map, at the very top right, is return to source. Returning to source Underneath it, we'll say empty awareness, the one, Buddha mind. These are all secrets that I have left there for you, for the explorers of the Great Awakening map. If you can see the truth of escaping the matrix and what it means to return to source, then you will know what you have to do in this lifetime. You will know that you have to get rid of all the distractions of mainstream media, of all the negativity in politics, of all the negativity in the current world events, you will know that you have to 
find a path of awakening. And you have to do it soon because you never know when your last day will be. Impermanence is the most permanent thing you'll ever encounter in the entire universe. Nothing lasts forever. So take this moment now to discover the Dharma, to take it to full realization in one lifetime for yourself and for all beings on the spiritual journey. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of the Art House 5D podcast. <laughs>